Okay, what's up everybody? This is the Verzi Effect podcast show for another episode, episode number 19. Today is June 4th, Saturday. I'm doing this one um, a couple days later than I wanted just because of a ton of stuff going on. So um, I'm trying to get these things recorded on uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays, but i um, been very busy and trying to catch up, so I'm doing it on this beautiful Saturday. Uh, weather the past few days have been great. Um, the weather's been so bad lately that nobody can go golfing. The golf courses have been shitty, but not this week. This week was um, was beautiful, and uh, today is another beautiful day. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that weather, and um, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, I just want to uh, start off by talking about the last show that I did at uh, Mohegan Sun, which was last Saturday, uh, the 28th. Uh, you know, sold out show, it was packed, and I had a great time uh, performing at Mohegan Sun. I love Mohegan Sun. Mohegan Sun, to me, is one of the casinos that's local that really does give me a feel like I'm in Vegas. Uh, the Borgata, too, but the Borgata is just a, a hike, it's longer to get to. And Atlantic City is such a shithole around it that you kind of know you're in Atlantic City even though you know you're at a beautiful, beautiful place that's in a very, very shitty, horrible area. That's that's what I feel like in Atlantic City. No matter how nice you are in Atlantic no matter how nice of a place you're in in Atlantic City, you know when you walk outside you're just going to feel the hopelessness and desperation of that area, so... Um, Mohegan Sun's awesome, it's got great shops, it's got, you know, just great food, uh, awesome venues, a lot more tables, they redid rooms, it's beautiful out there, so I would suggest anybody go out there, uh, Uncasville, Connecticut, sounds like I'm doing a friggin', uh, commercial for them, but no, I had a great time, and, uh, it was a really crazy f- full day, because, um, I went with my new manager, and and by the way, I, I made a public announcement, and Cringe Humor made a, a public announcement about representing me now. Uh, I want to thank everybody for their kind words about that. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, but Cringe Humor and I made it official. Uh, I was signed by them uh, last week, and I'm really looking forward to working with the guys at Cringe. I've mentioned them a few times on the podcast, and I, I cannot say enough um, how it feels like, you know, just, I mean, listen... Uh, absolute no disrespect to my first two managers who were great to me and did a ton for me. I'll never forget what they did. But um, this, th- these guys, I just feel like uh, I've, I haven't, let me say, I haven't been on the same page with somebody as much. I've been on the same page with everybody I've worked with to a certain extent. But these guys, um, really, really the, the most. And uh, I'm looking forward to the future with them. Uh, Chris Italia, Dave Kimowitz. Obviously, the uh, man who started it all, uh, Patrick Milligan, those guys are great over there, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, Chris Italia, who uh, my new manager and 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 actually friend first, that's what he is. He's a friend first. Um, is hilarious, okay? Because wherever you go with Chris Italia, he wants to find the greatest food in that area, okay? So. I'm texting with him, and, you know, you always let your manager know what you're doing, where you're going, where you're performing. So I said, Chris, you know, I'm going to Mohegan Sun, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, know if you wanted to roll with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm opening the show, and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to going out there. Maybe we'll grab something to eat. You want to go? 
So a few minutes later, I swear to God, he texts me back and he says, I'll only go with you if we can stop in Meridian, Connecticut and get steamed cheeseburgers. <laughs> now, at first, I think he's joking. I'm like, ah, oh, he wants to come. He's just joking around because we always eat good. Like, you know, maybe he wants to, you know, hang out with me first, you know, his buddy, Paul, and uh, go to the show and kind of joking, hey, let's eat that. No, no, no. He literally was not going to come with me to the show if we did not go and at least attempt to try to get these steamed cheeseburgers. So uh, he meets me at my house in Mount Kisco, and it's looking like we're not going to have time. It's looking like we're going to get to Mohegan Sun at like 7.30 for an 8 o'clock show, so there's no way to stop. So we're driving, we're driving, and he pulls up the GPS, and sure enough, this place um, called Ted's Restaurant. It was actually on Man vs. Food. You know the show where that guy, I don't know if his name, I think Adam Richmond or something, this guy from Brooklyn just goes to places and he does the food challenges and he finds out like the insane food of the area and he eats it and everything. So Chris found out and saw an episode at Ted's Restaurant in Meridian, Connecticut with the steamed cheeseburger, which does sound phenomenal. Steaming a burger, you know, with water and steaming cheese and everything. So he comes on the GPS and he said, he, go, he, he go, looks on the GPS and he goes, we actually are literally right on the way. We can get off this exit. It's a nine-minute detour. We can go and try. He's like, but listen, if you're not going to make the show, you know, the show's first. You got to do that first. It's your job, everything. He was totally cool like that. He wasn't like, we got to do it. I don't care. You know, he's obviously professional. Uh, yeah, I'd be a little fucked up if my manager was like, ah, fuck the show. Let's get this burger. No, so we're, we're driving and um, I'm like, all right, dude, I think we can make it. He's like, yeah, I think we can make it. I think we could go eat it real quick. Here's the deal. If there's people at the burger joint, we're not going to be able to do it if it's really busy. So anyway, we get off this exit. I drive like eight miles or whatever it was, eight minutes to this little, you know, divey hole-in-the-wall place, which usually are the best places to eat. And we see Ted's restaurant is empty and open. Now, when I tell you we walk in this place... Okay, I'm not exaggerating. We walk in this place. It's empty. We look at the guy. We're like, I want two steamed burgers. Let's get some, so, so, you know, sautéed onions and cheese. I swear to God, he takes it. He puts it into this contraption, closes the door, and within eight seconds, this steamed burger with a glob of American cheese. It was like this hard square American cheese. They put it in this contraption, and it's just oozing over the sides of this thing. And they put it on a hard roll. I just put some ketchup on it. It was delicious. So we got to eat the steamed. Um, you know, Chris was happy as hell. We got to knock that out. You know, he's got like a list of places he wants to go that are the best. And uh, I really like the way he does it. The only thing about eating with Chris is when you eat the pizza with him, when you eat a, a burger with him, when you eat the you know certain meats, it's always the best. So then when you go to the places you normally go to, everything sucks. Uh, the kid lives it up. I mean, he's the best. So, we eat the steam burger, get on the road, don't hit any traffic, get to Mohegan Sun like 7.35. Still had time to go get a nice coffee in Mohegan Sun at Starbucks and then get to the showroom, to the theater, and, and get ready for the show. Do the show, you know, it was a great time. I would have liked to get like two newer jokes off, uh, but the way that the, the, you know, the timing was, it would have been in, in awkward places to put them. So that was the only thing I had, but no regrets. I had a great time. Um, so then you think it would end there, right? We got the steamed burgers, the show was cool, we get the car, go home, got paid. No. There's Frank Pepe's Pizza, 
the pizza that I talked about last time, the one that originated in 1925 in New Haven, Connecticut, that's in Yonkers. No, there's one now in Mohegan Sun. So now we're going for the double whammy. We're like, all right, we had the burger. The show went great. We're in this casino. Let's go to Frank Pepe's. We go to Frank Pepe's, and instead of getting the famous clam pizza, Chris goes, let's substitute the clams because we had that last time. Let's get the shrimp on the pizza. So now we get two pizzas, one plain, 12-inch, and then another 12-inch with the white pizza, which normally comes with clams, or the white sauce with clams, and we end up substituting it with shrimp, which I think was a recommendation from Dave Kimowitz. I swear to God, these guys, food to these guys, it's hilarious. The, these guys, it's like it's, the food is so important, and I totally get it and love it. So we eat this pizza, and it's phenomenal. Um, Chris said that it wasn't quite as good as the one in Yonkers or in New Haven, but I, to me, it was so delicious. I didn't give a fuck. I, it was such so good that I loved it. So now, we got the burger in the system. Uh... And now we have Frank Pepe's pizza, regular pizza, and shrimp pizza. And we go for the triple, the trifecta we go to. Because we walk by a Krispy Kreme Donuts. And I swear to God, this might have been one of the first arguments I got into with Chris Italia at walking. I go, yeah, I'll get like a chocolate glaze. He goes, no, no, let's just get like a six pack. And we'll... You know, and here's the thing, like, Chris is not, like, this huge, fat, like, monster that eat. no, it's, like, it's weird. He, he eats this, and he kind of has, like, control of his body, which is funny. Um, I said to him, how are you not, like, 700 pounds just, like, being rolled out of your house? Because he, he, he eats great, but he, he kind of maintains, like, a normal, anyway, he goes, so he says to me, you can't go to Krispy Kremes if, uh, if you don't get, like, a six-pack, you gotta eat at least three. And I'm like, Chris, I don't want three. I want, I like, I want one fucking donut. You know? I want one donut. Um, I don't know why I keep thinking hot dogs. Donut. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Krispy Kreme donut. So he goes, you got to have three. You got to go. You got to have three. You know? And I'm like, I don't want one. He goes, then it's not worth going. And I'm like, yeah, it is because I want the taste of one. What, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I want one donut. He goes, no, no, no. We'll get a six. I go, all right, fine. Here, I'll compromise. I'll meet you halfway. I'll get two. Turned out to be a phenomenal, phenomenal decision. And he actually would have been right with the six-pack. So, Chris, I got to give it to you because the glazed donut I ate was the great, best glazed donut I've ever had in my life. It was like biting into hot butter. It was the most ridiculous thing. And then I got some chocolate cake, you know, some chocolate glazed donut. Ate that. So, uh, it just doesn't get better. We, we had a great, you know, shooting the shit, you know, great friend. Um... You know, so it was a whole night. So that was my work night. I got to perform in the theater at Mohegan Sun, which is great. I ate the steam burger from Man vs. Food on the way there. I ate Frank Pepe's and Krispy Kreme on the way out. Great time. And uh, that was my uh, that was my Saturday. Um, and uh, that was awesome. Then Sunday, which was uh, one of the best days ever, was my son Lucas's uh, second birthday party at my mother-in-law's in Ridgewood, New Jersey. I got to tell you, everybody who was there that listens to this podcast, thank you so much. It was such a good time. I really enjoyed, um, it's funny, I drank later. I didn't drink really, I had, I, I like nursed two drinks during the party, you know, because, you know, we're hosting the party, I was grilling for everybody, I was making sure everybody was having a good time, you know, having conversations, I started drinking some vodka later, 
Uh, then when everybody went to sleep at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, that's a different story. I made this bottle of Grey Goose my bitch, and uh, I just ended up waking up. That's how, like, it was hilarious. I was like this good, calm, you know, have self-control during the party. And then once 10, 30, 11 hit and everybody was sleeping, I was just me and this bottle. Uh, and I woke up so hung You ever wake up, like, so hungover that you either want to cry in a fetal position or kill yourself? But then around like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. the next day, you're like, ah, oh, it wasn't so bad. Life's not this bad. Life's uh, a lot better than I thought it was three hours ago. Because I got to tell you, I was, it was really bad. But it was just seeing the level of excitement and happiness of these kids. They were jumping around in this pool. It was a, My wife did such a phenomenal job. Um, just everybody. The cake was unreal. It was this Cars, Disney Pixar Cars theme. So there were posters of cars everywhere. We had this big cardboard cutout of Lightning McQueen that was on the front lawn. We had these big balloons. Um, my mother-in-law bought this huge jungle gym in the backyard because um, she's basically trying to bribe us into coming there or, or moving to Jersey, which I told you, Kim, I love you, but it's not going to happen. But I think we're going to visit a little more because you just, uh, you know, up the ante with this uh, jungle gym. She had these swings and big slides, like a rock climbing thing. Um, just awesome, awesome time. Everyone was there. My my 91-year-old uh, Greek grandmother showed up. Um, and we just, it, it couldn't have been, I, I don't think it could have been any better. Um, the, the amount of gifts my son got was a little crazy. And, of course, I was the one who had to unload the car for, 45 minutes just piled down i mean he has every lightning mcqueen every size little big and the funny thing about my son is when he loves something so much like if you give him this like i got him this remote control lightning mcqueen and he loved it so much he didn't want to use it he wanted to like hug it and like hold it and then when i started to use it and show him how like it works with the control he just started crying and then like he did it and eased into it but um just really funny and uh it was a great day uh my little man's two years old uh, we took him to the doctor, and they said that he's literally like five, uh, five to six months advanced with his uh, talking. I'm telling you, this kid is a genius. Like, he knows concepts. He says things that I just can't even believe he says. And um, people in the uh, waiting room, I guess they had like a two-year-old or a two-and-a-half-year-old. They said, yeah, he's not talking much. How How's your son talking so much? And I, what am I going to tell you? My son's smarter and better than yours. Uh <laughs> No, so it was it was a great weekend uh, last weekend, and um, I, I just seeing like I said, seeing everybody come together for my son and seeing how happy he was 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 awesome. Um, now speaking of my son, okay, I take my son to the park. Now this is going to sound a little crazy to some of you people. I talk about it on stage. I'm just basically going to protect my son. I don't care. I really don't give a fuck what the consequences are. Um, you know, I had, a, I, I didn't have the easiest of lives growing up. My mom moved me a lot and I had to go through a lot of different things at different schools. And, you know, I always made the best of it and became popular and, and did my thing wherever I went. But, you know, I don't want my son to ever have to go through anything. So I joke like how he'll never be bullied because if I find like I will, I will then bully the bully and, and really, you know, basically kick the shit out of a teenager. And I've mentally accepted going to jail for fucking a teenager up if he messes with my son. Okay, so I take my son, and, and I had to preface the story with that, because I take my son to the park this week a couple times, because like I said, the weather was so good. And um, we're there, and we're playing around, and we see this, I guess there's like this four-year-old kid running around, right? 
Uh, I know some of you laughing now because you know that I posted that on Facebook that I actually got into it with a four-year-old. So anyway, this four-year-old is kind of like looking at what me and my son are doing. Now, my son obviously just turned two years old, so there's a two-year gap here, which is huge because my son is already smarter than this kid probably. And by the way this kid acted, I could tell he is. But the kid's just like looking at us and everything that we're trying to do, the kid's starting to comment. And I'm like, ah, Paul, you know, you got to relax. He's a four-year-old kid. You know. You're a 32-year-old man, relax. So I'm just watching, you know, I'm just listening and everything he's saying. But, you know, I'm making sure that my son's happy. We're having a good day. And um, so we're going, my son is starting to build up a lot of nerve to go on these um, slides at the park. Like it started with a small slide. Uh, you know, now it's starting to build up on the bigger slides. And then it got to the point where he was going on, like, those big tube slides that, like, spin around. And he's, like, this little two-year-old. And it's for, I think it was, like, for four or five-year-olds. But he kept doing it. And he was liking it. And I was like, wow. And he was like, no, let me go alone. And after I realized that, like, he could go alone because the tube would secure him, I let him go alone. And he's doing really good. So then the four-year-old runs over. And he goes, I could go down it a lot better than him. Now I'm already pissed off. I'm like, this kid is a born asshole, period. Like, this is the type of kid that's going to be a bully or get the shit kicked out of him. Either way, I don't like this kid. So I just calmly go, yeah, well, you know, he's a lot younger than you. So he's just watching Lucas go. I'm going, you did it. You did a good job. Now the kid wants to show off. He goes, well, I could go face first. And I go, oh, yeah, you know, he's a little, he's smaller, you know, but he's doing really good. So now the kid's getting really pissed off. Then the kid cuts Lucas. And I go, it's okay. He cuts him to get into the slide, right? What a dick. But I go, it's okay, and my son outclasses the kid. He goes, it's okay, Daddy, it's okay. So, two years old, right? Fucking love him. Love him. I just got the chills. So, uh, he, it's, he's the best kid in the world. And then the kid blocks the passageway to go down the slide. Now I get pissed. And he goes, well, he shouldn't be going down this one. He should be going down the shorter one. This one's for big boys. And I go, no, no, he's doing well. He's doing great with it. So the kid's just sitting there, and he goes... I'm going to just sit here, and I go, listen, can you move, please? Because we're, we're, he's doing fine with this. Can you move, please? And then the kid goes, you know, you need to be nice to people if you want people to like you. And I go, you're absolutely right. I go, you do have to be nice to people, you know, and that's, that's, what, that's, you got, that's the way, you know, if you want people to play with you or something. He goes, well, you weren't nice to me right there. And now I literally, I'm like, what are you talking? I go, what do you mean? I go, I'm fine. I go, I'm playing with my son, and you know. And then he kind of moves, and then, like, we start ignoring him, and he got, like, I don't know, like, the kid, we just ignored him, and I go, come on, and then my son went down a big slide again, and we kind of just walked away from it, and uh, I was just so pissed off that, like, this kid was doing that, and it was nice, because we kind of walked away saying, listen, we don't want to play with you, and my son went down the slide, all right, so fuck you and your French nanny, no, he was there with a nanny, um, which is, which I'm, I gotta get to that uh, afterwards, uh, I'm gonna get to the to the to the nanny thing because she was fine and I don't think she realized what a dick the kid she was babysitting was. But um, so then I take my son to another park, and this is hilarious. He goes on the slides, and I'm watching him, and he goes, "All right, meet me at the bottom." I was like, "All right, I'll meet you at the bottom." He's going down the slide, and this one's kind of like, you know, just spins around real quick. It wasn't as big as the tube one, but it was pretty big, and it slides around. So I'm down on the bottom looking up. I see him turn the corner, and there's only a one-second blind spot where he just sits down and comes down. But I watched him do it enough times where we had the routine. So he goes down. You know, I catch him. And this is another park. This park isn't the one with the little jerk-off four-year-old. This is the one across the street from us. So he goes down. I pick him up. Good boy. And he climbs up this big rock that they got there, which was actually impressive because he didn't want any help, and he did it. I'm telling you, two years old. 
I know I sound like a dad bragging about his son, but like it was really cool to, to see. So he gets up off the, on top of the rock. He goes down the slide again. I watch him. He sits down. I watch him sit. Then the blind spot. And all of a sudden, I see him coming down normal. I pick him up again. Fine. So he goes up again. And I said, all right, you want to do it again? And he walks up. And he looks like he's sitting down. And then the blind spot. And I'm waiting. And a second, like, too long. So I want to make sure everything's all right. And all of a sudden, I see my son flying down the slide. Head first. Backwards. So his face is up looking at the sky and he's coming head first backwards fast. And he kind of just flies off it. And this black dude walked by and he goes, oh man. And I go, holy shit. We like looked at each other like, holy shit. This is insane. I'm like, are you alright? And then I, I just couldn't even believe. And he just walked like he didn't even, he wasn't even phased by it. He just, the, the, he has no fear. He just comes flying down the slide head first and it was so funny. Um, and, and I got a, a kick out of it because he just like his body just flies onto the wood chips and then he just gets up, dusts himself off. And he's like, you want to do this? You want to do that? Um, so I had, you know, it was a great time with him this week and, um, I, I have a very light week this week and I'm off this weekend and it was just nice to recharge the battery and, and hang with my family. The only thing that was annoying was I had a gig, um, on Wednesday night down in the East Village and I drove all the way down to the city and as I was parking right around showtime I got a text saying the show was canceled which sucked so I had to kind of and it was like too late in the night to try to go to another club and make the best of it and get on stage so it was kind of like a wasted uh, wasted night but whatever these things happen so uh, great week hanging with my son now I'm gonna I normally would would do the um, unacceptable later in the episode but we're almost halfway done here. I feel like we didn't even talk about anything. But we're almost halfway done here. Uh, wow, time's going fast. This is a good one then. I guess this is a good one. Because I got more to talk about. Um, but unacceptable for the week. I'm going to do right now. 22 minutes into this thing. Because it has to do with that little jerk kid. Who, you know, was at the park. But I almost don't want to blame him. And here's why. He's there with a French nanny. Okay, and I know because you know she had the French accent, and I heard her talking to somebody, and she basically is in the country for a year. She's trying to stay for another year, and this kid, you know, lives in Westchester. He probably has rich parents, so here's unacceptable for the week. Don't give your nanny. I mean, take your kid to the park yourself. Like that's something you want to see. Now, listen, if the nanny just goes a couple of times, that's fine. But I think it is unacceptable. A, it's unacceptable to have a four-year-old be an asshole. So unacceptable for the week is going to be, listen, you suck as parents if your four-year-old kid's already an asshole and he sucks. It's unacceptable. You obviously didn't teach him the right manners. You should teach him to help younger kids, not try to out, you know. This is a type of kid that's going to, like, be a fifth grader playing with first graders and, like, be psyched that he's beating them in dodgeball. Like, that type of asshole. That's unacceptable. But also unacceptable for the week is these parents that just leave, these rich parents that leave their kids with you know, foreigners, these nannies that just walk around, they can barely speak English, they let the kids run around the park, and it's like, don't you want to see your kid play? Like, watching my son go up and down the slide and having the, you know, the nerve to just go to the bigger ones and even coming down head first backwards, which was scary, all that stuff is so awesome to me, and I just feel like, you know, I don't know, just have, have like a little, you know, participation in your child. 
It's fucking unacceptable. Yeah, hey, you know, Ingrid, take him to uh, a couple of parks and get him some ice cream. Here's some money. I'll be home at 8 o'clock and uh, I'll see him for one second and then, you know, we'll do it all over again tomorrow. It's like, be a better parent than that. And and you see a lot of, in the parks here in Westchester, you do see a lot of, I mean, you do see parents, but you do see a lot of nannies that just get told to bring them. And I think that's unacceptable. You know, the whole point of watching your kids play sports and the whole point of watching your kids, you know, go going to the park. I mean, I know it's during the day, but even at night sometimes, even in the non-work hours, these people are there and the parents aren't there with them. It's these other, you know, it's these other people. And maybe no, maybe that's why the kids are assholes, because their parents aren't anywhere to be found. They don't feel like they got a, I don't know, they don't feel like they're close with somebody. Or, so I think that's unacceptable for the week. Young dickhead kids, because the parents suck, okay, and just leaving your kid with some nanny at the park and then saying, oh, how was your day? And then, you know, that's just a bullshit selfish. People like that should, if watching your child at the park playing is seriously one of the coolest things that you could do. Watching the excitement on the swings, watching that. So, this doesn't go for all the parents. You know, I know sometimes you got to have the nanny or the babysitter on a nice day if you can't make it. But I'm talking about the people that just, these rich people that just, as long as their kids in programs and doing things and this and that, they don't have to be there. It's unacceptable. Uh, okay, that's unacceptable for the week. And, uh, hey, I always say if you see something, try to fix it, right? So, if you see a four year old and he's acting like a dick, kind of. Kind of let, <laughs> kind of let them know, <laughs> like we did. Uh, okay, so now we will move on to sports. Uh, and you know, I can't, folks. Like I always tell you, I can't really get into the to baseball just yet. I mean, I am, I am into, you know, I'm into, you know, making sure the Yanks are, are kind of keeping things going. I'm into, you know, making sure my favorite players are doing well and all that. But well, right now. Uh, if you're not locked into the NBA Finals, man, you are missing out. Uh, I was out of the NBA for about 10 years. Well, I'm a Knicks fan, like I said, but also it just was kind of bad when, you know, when LeBron and all them were a little young. But now, now that now that the Finals are here, I got to tell you, man, not watching this, you are missing out. Um, I was upset with the Heat winning Game 1. And then Game 2 was Tuesday night. And uh, it was unbelievable. It really was unbelievable. It was like, it was a Tuesday or Thursday? Well, yesterday was, I think it was Thursday night. Um, and I just was, you know, hold on a second, everybody. I'm getting interrupted here in the middle of the show by the one and only Miss Verzi. What's up? Well, we can do both. I'm just gonna feed him above the pool, All right. Well, I'll be done soon. Okay. All right. Okay. That was uh, the wife. He just got up from a nap, and it's so nice that we're talking, taking him to the pool, or taking him upstate. Anyway, uh, the NBA playoffs are uh, that game too. Was so because here's what happened. If you watch the game, Miami is celebrating. They're going nuts. The place is going nuts. LeBron is dunking. Chris Bosh is, you know, screaming up at the Raptors with his black mouthpiece. And, you know, Dwayne Wade is being overdramatic by falling on the ground every two seconds to, <laughs> to act like a hero. But the whole thing just looked like a formula for the Miami Heat win. Go up two games to none take the heart and soul out of the Mavericks team, go to Dallas, and all you really need to do is get one. 
Then you come home for two and it's looking really bleak. But what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Terry and the jump shooters on the Mavericks started hitting shots in a timely fashion. They were down 15 with about seven minutes to go. And I'm going, am I really going to watch this happen like this? And then um, it was just one great shot after another great shot. And at one point I literally almost turned the game off because um, Dallas was, you know, just not in it. And I'm going, you know, it was eight points, eight-point game with, you know, six or five minutes left. And, you know, it's it's over. It's absolutely over. I was going to change the channel. I was like, all right, let me just give it another couple minutes. And then sure enough, this happens. And then Miami doesn't score. And Miami doesn't score. And then I'm saying to myself, could you imagine right now? Could you imagine if they just didn't, like, if they just didn't hit a shot and Dallas just came back and broke their hearts in the end? And, folks, that is exactly what happened. It was phenomenal. They couldn't hit a shot. They lost rhythm of the game. Nowitzki starts hitting shots. Uh, Jason Terry starts pulling up and hitting shots. Um... You know, Berea was hitting shots. It was just awesome. And before you know it, it's like a five-point game. Miami's panicking. Then Dirk gets a layup to make it 90-90 with like a minute left. And uh, and then he hits a three-pointer to make it 93-93. Now here's where Miami had a chance. They inbound the ball with like 28 seconds left. And nobody's on Mario Chalmers, a player of the Heat. Jason Terry of the Mavericks screwed up. And I think LeBron throws it to the corner from the inbounds. Nobody's on Chalmers. Chalmers hits a three, and it's 93-93 with like 24.4 seconds left. Dallas uh, gets the ball. They wait. They run down the clock. Who do they give it to? None other than Dirk. He spins around. Miami had a foul to give, which they didn't give, which was a huge mistake. Dirk turns around, lays it up, lays it in. They go up by two. Miami's got like four seconds left. Dwayne Wade puts up a, you know, a prayer from half court. It misses, and Miami wins. And that place was stunned. Complete game, series-changing, uh, series-changing uh, game. Now you're going to Dallas with the tied series 1-1, three in a row in Dallas. If Dallas wins two there, they'll have two chances to win on the road. If they win all three there, they win the series. Just a great, great... I, I'm not even a Knicks fan. I mean, I'm not even a Mavs fan because I'm a Knicks fan. And I got to tell you something. I stood up and went crazy for this team. And if that was the Knicks, I would have had a heart attack. I'll be honest with you. If that was my Knicks that did that, I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself. My wife would... I would have probably woke up neighbors and just lost my shit. Because it was it was insane to watch. There is nothing better than watching an NBA game where you think it, you're out of it and the other team is starting to celebrate, gloat, and, you know, kind of just do all that stuff and you know, punch in the chest and, you know, music coming on and, and then all of a sudden it falls apart. It's really, it's really unbelievable. It's a thing of art and uh, watching it was great. So I'm rooting hard for the Mavericks as, as uh, you could tell. And I hope they, uh, I really hope the Mavericks win because, listen, I don't want to be a dick to LeBron and all them. If LeBron wins, it looks like he made the right decision. It looks like he already made the right decision. Let's be honest. He's in the finals. He's got a series tie in the finals. And if he wins a championship, it's going to look like, hey, you know, he came to do what he said he was going to do. But to watch them not after they put that team together would kind of just be awesome. And that's what I'm rooting for. So uh, call me a hater. That's fine. Uh, also, 
this got a ton a ton of feedback on my Facebook and a lot of friends talking to me about this on the phone and everything. I made a comment about the one and only Shaquille O'Neal retiring and I made a comment saying on Facebook I was I was kind of half joking but at the same time not really because what I said on Facebook was the mo one of the most overrated big men just retired. And he and I know a lot of people are like oh that's crazy how could you say that? Here's how I can say that. Shaquille O'Neal admittedly said that, you know, he should have hit more free throws. He, you know, there was a lot of times he didn't take care of his body. You know, he would get his body into shape as the season went on just by playing games every day, which is completely just, like, lazy. Um, the guy never hit jump shots, all right? Now, listen, I'll say he's one of the most, if not the most dominant center ever, fine. But he bullied people. Okay, in my opinion, he is a product of his insanely huge body. They actually changed the rules, and he wasn't as effective as years went on because what he would do is catch the ball in the paint, literally shake you, hit you, push you aside, either you know, you know, bending down his fucking huge backside, his ass would just kick you out of the way, and he'd go up and dunk. All his shots, and a lot of people say, oh, well, it doesn't matter if all his shots are in the paint. I'm just saying. Okay, guys like Olajuwon could hit an 18-footer. And how great are you, okay, how great are you if you have to be taking at, taken out of the game by your coach with, the, in, in, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter because you were a liability at the foul line and you could lose games that way. Okay, that's where the whole, sh sh you know, hack-a-shack thing came in. So, I'm not trying to hate on a guy with four rings, but listen, he played 19 years and got four rings. He even said he should have had more. Okay, Bill Russell, 11 rings. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 6 rings. Wilt Chamberlain, 2 rings. And Wilt Chamberlain's another guy that I think was a product of his big body. Because if you look at old footage of Wilt Chamberlain, it looked like a fucking adult guy pulling up to an elementary school and just playing with little kids and dunking on him. It was a joke. You know, I want to see a big man with skills. I think Shaq had skills in the paint. I think Shaq had skills dunking. I think Shaq had skills just totally dominating down low. But if every highlight I see of somebody is them dunking, then to me that just means they're big and strong, not a skilled basketball player. So that's what I meant by that, all right? Shaq never hit anything beyond 10 feet jumpers, never. Look at the highlights. It was so rare. He didn't have a jump shot. He was, what, 50-something percent from the foul line. He even said he regrets it. He didn't work on it enough, and he didn't work on his body. So you know what? When a guy admits, yeah, maybe I should have had more rings, I think he's a little overrated. I really do. You know, he wouldn't be overrated if he, he brought his foul shots up, if, if you know, he had a little bit more of, of, of a skilled game as far as jump shot. Dirk Nowitzki, seven feet. Look at him shooting threes, you know. And you could say, oh, well, he doesn't have rings. Well, he also didn't have Kobe Bryant either, you know. So, um... You know, great career. Shaq was great with the media. Hilarious, funny, the nicknames, all that stuff. I get it. But as far as, you know, one of the greatest of all time, it's so hard to say that when he even admits he could have been better. So I'll say this. Slightly overrated. Maybe not the most overrated. Slightly overrated player. And, uh, but he was fun to watch in his prime and everything like that. It's just, I want to watch a guy with skills. So that was my argument. And, um... I know a lot of people freaked out about it, but that's just how I feel. Um, all right, that'll do it for sports. Now, uh, movies, unfortunately, uh, the last movie I saw, like I said, was Thor, 
which I loved. I didn't get to see anything else. Uh, like I, I've been so busy and everything, but I'm gonna definitely be on the road coming up soon, which is I'm gonna uh, about to talk about. Um, and uh, that uh, that's it with the movies. I'm sorry, but I want to see X Men. I'm looking forward to seeing X Men. I also want to see Bridesmaids because I keep hearing great things about that. And um, that's uh, that's it with movies. I will let you guys know anything that I hear that is good. But I'm sure everybody already knows if you if you like movies, Bridesmaids is supposed to be hilarious. A lot of people I know saw it. I have family members who saw it said it's absolutely hilarious. And um, I want to say that. also somebody told me that Due Date with Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. was really funny. And that was one that I didn't get a chance to see either. It was on on the plane when I was flying to California and I didn't watch it. So I want to check that out uh, as well. But no, X-Men is on the list. And uh, I got to be honest, I have no desire to see Green Lantern. You know, like Thor, people could say, oh, but you saw Thor and it's in another planet, another world. Yeah, I get that. But at least, like, you know, there weren't, like... Like, I can take things that are unrealistic, but I can't take, like, when, like the special effects make somebody's like head grow and like they got this crazy deformity and stuff like stuff like that i kind of just like ah whatever so i don't know if i'm gonna see green lantern or i may wait wait for dvd but uh, x-men is definitely one i want to see and um i will let you guys know about any movies that i see upcoming so uh that's it for that and um upcoming gigs uh next week uh thursday friday and saturday i'll be at the new wise guys in alexandria bay which is really far up there. I was in Syracuse a couple weeks ago. This is like an hour and a half further up there. So I'll be doing that. And I sold out a t-shirt. So I'm going to try to get another batch and bring my shut up and touch my dick t-shirts. Um, I keep wanting to retire the t-shirt. And every time I say I'm not going to sell the t-shirt anymore, everybody wants them. So uh, I will be there from the 9th to the 11th. And... Um, I actually uh, got some uh, July dates coming up that I wanted to plug early because I know that I have people in those areas that want to come out. I will be at Stand Up Carolina um, in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I guess technically it's Merrill's Inlet, but it's basically Myrtle, it's Myrtle Beach too. It's on the Myrtle Beach Strip just on the other side there. I will be there, Stand Up Carolina in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina um, from July. I will be there from July... 20th to the 23rd and then at the end of july the 29th and 30th i will be at motley's in boston massachusetts those are two places that i love to go to so myrtle beach july 20th through the 23rd at stand up carolina and um july 29th and 30th i will be um at motley's comedy club in faneuil hall in boston massachusetts with a good friend of mine, one of my favorite comics, uh, she's hilarious, Adrian Appalucci. Um, you, you might know her from um, Last Comic Standing. She's very, very funny. And um, she's actually represented by Cringe Humor as well. So Cringe Humor, CH, is going to be representing hard in late July, uh, 29th and 30th at Faneuil Hall. So, uh, also, check the, the, the paulbersey.com website. It's uh, all updated or it's going to be all updated within the next, uh, you know, four or five hours here. It has all new dates. New dates are still coming. I still have the Atlanta, the Cleveland, the North Carolina. All those shows we're waiting for for fall dates um, and uh, towards the end of the year dates. So please check it out. This uh, podcast will be on there. This is episode 19. Um, 
And uh, as you guys know, the Verzi Effect podcast is available for free on iTunes as well, so you can get them in your iPods and all that stuff um, uh, too. So please check it out. And I, I got to leave you guys with a little teaser here. Um, I had a couple of big announcements. One was the signing with Cringe Humor. But I have another very, very big announcement. Um, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, shows of my career will be coming up. Um, I cannot talk about it right now, but it is going to be coming up. I'm really excited and, and uh, excited to let everybody know about it. Truly great. And, uh, you know, sit back and relax, um, you know, because I, I got a really good one coming up. And it's it's coming at a really cool time. So, um I'm thrilled about that, and I uh, got some other projects that we're working on, some shows, um, and uh, you guys are gonna hopefully be seeing some footage of that. So everything right now, uh, what can I say? I, I can't complain. Uh, things are going great, and um, more importantly, you know, things with my family, my son, and uh, you know, what can I say, man? You know, somebody said to me, man, you're always so. It seems like you're always so positive, or you know, I guess the knock on me and sometimes even my friends joke is that I find the positive in things and I'm I'm optimistic. Now here's the thing, okay? And I don't want anybody to ever be mistaken, you know, about this with me. But I'm not naive, you know. I know I know certain things are, what certain things take, what you know, how life works. I'm not naive. But here's how I look at it, okay? And I was talking to a buddy about this, a couple of buddies and this is my philosophy, and I think it's actually perfect logic. Unfortunately, not to be morbid or, or, or down or whatever, but we're all going to die. You know, we're all going to die in this world, uh, which is a sad fact of life. But I, I look at it like this. If we're all going to die, why wouldn't I be positive and live my life in a good way? You know, why wouldn't I be optimistic and happy and try to make the best of things? Because life is hard, man. So I look at it like I'm going to live to, you know, to be happy and not pessimistic and not negative. I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to be naive, but I'm going to be positive and I'm going to, you know, keep working hard because if we're all going to die, would you rather live positive and 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 look at the 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 best in things or try to look in the best of things and then die or do you want to be a miserable son of a bitch, be negative, be unhappy and then die? That's how I look at it. So yeah, of course, man. You know, I get pissed off at things, and there's certain things that, you know, you can't control. But I just look at it like, hey, you know, look at what you got. You know, people don't do that enough. Look at what you got. If you're healthy, you know, got a good family, just look at all that stuff. So uh, that's what I'm feeling right now, and I got a lot of work to do. Not By no stretch of the imagination am I done. Because uh, right now, like I always say, I feel like now... I'm starting to turn the tide with, with the new jokes, with the honesty, with everything that I'm doing on stage. But um, I'm loving the direction that things are going in. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm just scratching the surface. I feel like I'm, you know, 40% of the comedian that I'm going to be. So, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to, to getting shit done. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my take. All right? So all you negative son of a bitches, go fuck yourselves and um, be happy. Because that's, that's what it's about, being happy. Uh, speaking of being happy, I am going to go outside now, hang with my family, and then go to a family party, which I'm looking forward to. And this time, I am not going to drink three quarters of a bottle of Grey Goose by myself and just wake up. Because that is not how I want to feel in the morning. I want to feel good.
<laughs> so thank you for listening. This has been episode number 19. Again, check out all the other Verzi Effect podcast shows. I have great episodes on here um, with uh, Joe Matarese, a great one. Episode number 13 with Bill Burr, which we did for over an hour and... Um, I think it was an oh yeah it was over an hour and thirty minutes. Um, get them get them on your iPods and uh, download them for free on iTunes. Uh, also, you can get them on the uh, PaulVerzi.com uh, website and uh, please check that out. I will post that up on Facebook and everything. Uh, I do appreciate it. Thank you for listening so much. And until next time, I am out. Next show will be episode twenty, and I'm gonna have a guest either on episode 20 or 21. I just got to figure out which one. And I can assure you, whichever guest I have will be uh, excellent talent, funny comedian, of course, a friend. And uh, we'll have a good time with that. So um, until then, thank you so much for listening. Check out all the things I told you to check out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. I wish you all a great Sunday and next week. Uh, This is Paul Verzi. I am out of here. Thank you.